good. So, yeah. So, thanks, Daniel. Thank you for your introduction. Actually, when I was asked to uh, give a lecture, I wonder what was expected of a Dawson lecture. I think Daniel said, um, I mean, I attended a couple of lectures, I guess, uh, and I was still not sure. And Daniel told me, you have to have a popular science approach. Okay, so you have to explain it to everyone, uh, since not everyone knows your research very well. So I did now what most engineers do. Uh, they have, when they have a question like this, they Google. So I googled uh, Dawson lecture. That didn't help, uh, since these are these lectures are quite different. For so some universities, so from university to university, this is quite different. So I was like, there. so I thought, okay, holy moly, I will wing it. But I will give it my best shot. So let's see what, how it goes. And um, I did wonder what can I add. Um, I didn't want to talk about only my past research. I wanted to talk about my current and future research interest. Um, unfortunately, to some extent, I'm not targeting a specific area, uh, but instead looking at diverse uh, top uh, area, uh, diverse array of topics in software development, system development, including requirements engineering, requirements modeling, um, analysis and assurance of these requirements, product line engineering, ethical and human aspects of software testing, mutation testing, security testing nowadays, automated test generation, uh, the use of model checking for engineering better systems. Uh, and, and I thought I would do this morning is um, give you an overview uh, of the selection of, this, of the challenges I encountered over and over uh, during the last uh, 11 years. Um, so I will not go into excruciating details uh, and what uh, ideas scientists and engineers in these communities propose, but I'll give an overview and conclude uh, by giving you some thoughts uh, that come from my years of, some years of experience. I'm sure most of you have more experience than me in some aspects of quality assurance. And, and so I am not here to teach you anything. Um, but I hope I can illustrate the spectrum of what is old and what is coming back as a new challenge. Since the subtitle of my lecture is Challenges Old New. Um, yeah, so, um, let me give you a short intro what quality is and what is not, and why is it hard to define, uh, what quality assurance is, and how it relates to developing better industrial software system. Um, so, um, as you probably know already, the development of software systems is complemented by a number of what's called umbrella activities. Uh, one of these activities is quality assurance. It's a definite umbrella activity that defines and conducts tasks required to ensure quality. Uh, but what is quality and what do we mean by assurance? So, um, in his uh, mystical book, I would say, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, Robert Percy commented on the thing we call quality. So, Percy actually explores his, in his book, his, uh, his, explores his relationship, relationship with his son as he explores U.S. on a motorcycle. Uh, and then he explores also the, the concept uh, of sanity. So the goal he seeks in, in, is what he refers to as quality. So the work itself is structured as a novel. I recommend it. But it deals with some deep philosophical insights. So I think it's a, sometimes it can be a, 
quite a hard um, uh, book to read. So I'll read the full paragraph. I have it here in which this quote appears since I like it so much. So quality, you know what it is, yet you don't know what it is. But that's self-contradictory. But some things are better than others. That is, they have more quality. When, when you try to say what quality is, apart from the things that have it, it all goes poof. There's nothing to talk about. But if you cannot say what quality is, and how do you know what it is, or how do you know that it even exists? If no one knows what it is, then for all practical purposes, it doesn't, it doesn't exist at all. But for all practical purposes, it really does exist. What else are the grades based on? Why else would people pay fortunes for some things and throw others to the trash pile? Obviously, some things are better than others, but what's betterness? So round and round you go spinning mental wheels and nowhere finding any place to get traction. What the hell is quality? What is it? I really like this quote, and this relates to what I think Schuhar, the father of um, statistical quality, identified. There are two common aspects of quality. So on one, one of them, this, this has to do with the consideration of the quality as an objective reality independent of the existence of the human. And the other has to do with what we think, feel, sense as a result of the objective reality. So in other words, there is a subjective nature quality. So in, in engineering, a similar difference, I mean, was much later captured in a description of validation and verification, where validation checks if we're building the right product and verification if we build the product right. So yeah, for, so, for software system, uh, the word quality is often used uh, in different ways, and it has a broader sense. Uh, which also covers many aspects. It could be that it covers um, the efficiency and the effectiveness of development, maintenance, evolution of a system. And there are many standards out there, so I will not bore you to death with those definitions. But I want to give you a simple example, not directly related to software development and software engineering and system engineering, uh, in which quality assurance can be seen as a set of activities carried out to ensure Thing that we're interested in doing has sufficient quality. So, um, <clears throat> so I was reading some time ago, uh, before I defended my PhD, an article in Nature. Um, this uh, weekly, I guess, journal of science. I mean, it's a journal of science. They have magazines. So it was written by a, 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 a writer and editor for Nature magazine, Monia Baker. So the title of the article, I thought this was really interesting. Um, it was um, how quality control could save science. It may not be sexy, but quality assurance is becoming a crucial part of lab life. I thought that was really interesting, especially since the name of the research lab the research group I was part of was software testing laboratory. I was trying to think also about what does it mean to do quality assurance in general. But the article actually um, talks about someone that has been asked to lead accreditation effort for a diagnostic uh, research laboratory. Seems like a huge task. She and her team uh, track recurring issues and how containers were filled, 
um, maybe some erratic performance. They establish some system for data uh, to eliminate bad, bad data collection. You had malfunction software and equipment, neglected controls. Um, and one interesting observation that, that arises is that quality assurance tends to be ad hoc in some settings. Many engineers and scientists are taught how to, did, to do this based on their mentors uh, or based on some kind of partial or insufficient, or insufficient understanding of a standard and maybe supplemented with some training. Uh, too often, I think quality uh, is as likely to be assumed as assured. Um, and this was very nice, interesting, uh, interesting article. And there, by the way, there are at least six things in the picture. A quality assurance manager will try to improve. I, I immediately see it's like, oh, this could be improved. And I can, I wanted to just mention three of them. So one of them, inadequate data logging. Data, I guess, should be logged and visualized in a, in a, in a way that quality characteristics are evident, both quantitative but most importantly, qualitative. Not scribbled on the slideshow, not on a document or a paper. That's something that I, when I looked at it, I said, oh, unsecured data analysis, password. That computer is lab one. So unsecured data analysis, that can be a problem because you want each engineer scientist uh, to have their own password, <laughs> I would say, when working with data to make it clear who works on what. And then maybe you can have like mis-maintenance. For example, instruments and computers should be calibrated, maintained according to a regular document schedule. So as, as, as in this example, when we have a team of engineers developing a complex system, quality assurance is still an uphill battle. It may not have the flash and dazzle of other activities, such as coding and hacking or hardcore software engineering, as some chief tweet uh, would say, but that is not the point. Quality assurance isn't sexy, but is needed. Yeah, so let's go into how quality assurance is addressed in software and system engineering. I take this, as I said before, this is an umbrella activity um, applied throughout the development process. So this process can have a a uh, uh, quality assurance process, some control tasks like um, technical reviews, testing strategies. Then you need to have some effective software engineering practices and tools. You need to have control over all software products and the changes that have been made and the procedure to ensure compliance with standards. And maybe, of course, measurements and reporting mechanisms. Bottom line, these are done to ensure that an organization or a group of people do the right thing at the right time in the right way. So I think that's very, very important. Okay, so all seem rosy, but what are the challenges I mentioned in the title of this lecture? So let me start with something uh, related uh, first. I'm reading each month the risk to the public report. So this is a compilation of cases describing accidents and failures that happen in software and computer systems and their use. So I've been doing that for a while. I even supervised the student that looked through uh, all the risks to the public reports and found some interesting results, even if the analysis, both of the cases and the, uh, uh, both of cases um, and 
well, the, 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 the result by itself had some issues there, but that's, not, that's another story. But one pattern was that some accidents happened due to some specific problems, and these problems seem to be repeating themselves. So take the example of Uber self-driving uh, car that could not recognize a pedestrian uh, crossing the street at night. This happened in 2018, I think. You had the self-driving Uber car that killed an, a, a woman in 2018 that was not, the system was not programmed to identify um, pedestrian outside the crosswalk uh, and lack the software that would have spared the life. So Uber has disabled the automatic emergency brake to prevent stop and go driving. Instead, setting up an alarm for a human driver. So it will alert the test driver that, uh, to take over the car. But the system was flawed. Uh, exactly 1.2 seconds before the car struck the pedestrian, uh, the car realized that it would, ne it would neither stop uh, or go around the pedestrian. But it did not sound the alarm until 0.2 seconds uh, before the crash. Legally, I mean, the driver couldn't do anything. So the driver hit the brakes a full second after it hit the pedestrian. And investigators determined that the Uber team that oversaw the test program lacked a formal safety plan, proper requirements engineering processes, dedicated safety staff, proper operating procedures. So Uber also reduced the number of test drivers they had per car, per vehicle, five months before the case. So I would say, do we learn from accident? This actually happened even after this case. It seems that Uber has seen some, I mean, did some changes, uh, but these kinds of ha cases happened before and have happened even last year uh, with us from another company. So this reminds me of a quote from Nancy Levison, the majority of software-related accidents are caused by requirements errors. And she backs this up by focusing on software-related accidents that are usually caused by flawed requirements, like incomplete or wrong assumptions about the system. Also, like in the case of Uber, omitted requirements that leave, uh, leave unhandled system states and environment uh, condition uh, that we saw in that example. Um, anyway. I think the point I'm making here is that a large percentage of accidents are caused by poor requirements. There are now a handful of studies actually showing this, that almost all accidents um, related to software components in the past 20 years can be traced back to uh, requirement specifications and issues there in flaws and unhandled cases. Therefore, the first challenge I'm putting here. And this relates to poor and untestable requirements that are primary cause of more than half of all project failures. According to a study by Firesmith from ICSE, International Conference on Software Testing. And this brings major cost overruns. You have canceled project, major functionality not delivered, deliver systems that are not never used and can uh, fail. So I think it's important to, yeah, I put this one first because I, I like it a lot and I see it more and more when doing research. And I'm thinking, have we, haven't we learned about this? 
But maybe this is also the nature of what we're doing. We have a problem with incomplete requirements, with problem flawed requirements, but it's hard to have perfect requirements. <laughs> it's a battle that we need to do. Uh, yeah, so I'll go forward. I don't know how much time I have. Six, okay. So I, I saw this uh, quote last week um, when Jan Bosch, the director of Software Center, was presenting AI engineering uh, and its benefits to companies in Denmark. So it was the audience. I was in the audience there, and this struck me. So in God we trust, all others not bring data. So Edward Deming, he, is, uh, um, he refers to the importance of measurements, data measurements and analysis in business. In quality assurance, like in business, we need data analysis. Data analysis is equally important. Uh, so for, for the last decade, at least, we have been talking about data science and data scientists and using data, including in continuous integration and delivery for system development in industry. So when you have these productivity improvements that are promised, and oh, you use data, and that's sufficient, many cases, this this is done, this is achieved to a reduced emphasis on something, on some, some activities. For example, you can have here cases where the emphasis, there is less emphasis on unit testing or problem. In some cases, maybe reduce system and integration testing. You don't have time, you want, you, have, you want to continuously integrate and deliver. And on the other hand, we have an increased reliance uh, on automated data analysis automated testing tools, automation in general. So this comes um, to our, my second challenge here. Yes, our reliance on automation, data and tools leads to new challenges. So we have this increased reliance on tools that requires that they can be trusted so that the results can be used as evidence, for example, in certification. So I would, I would say, um, Moving towards various forms of continuous integration and delivery with this increased reliance on tools rather than people in software development introduces this, I would say, poorly understood problems. Uh, we need more efforts um, to assure correctness of our automated tools and investigate the effect of replacing human activities with automated tools and data analysis and visualization, for example. Um, so we need techniques to assure the validity of the data also, to take decisions in quality assurance. Uh, it would be highly disappointing, in my view, if the enormous advantages in modeling, low-code development, test automation, code generation, data analysis technology, we have seen already, and will most likely see in the future, um, could, for example, um, be used just to verify that flawed requirements are implemented correctly. That would be a pity. As you saw before, we, ju we just need a well-publicized failure, and this is enough to make widespread industry adoption of some technology or regulatory acceptance difficult and set our efforts back. Um, so let's uh, make sure that does doesn't happen. Okay. So I was reading an article in New York Times some time ago, and I kept it somewhere when I discovered this quote, which is quite a profound phrase uh, in a speech by a cardinal, actually, which may, my, the name evades me. 
but I guess he was a close advisor to Pope Francis. So in 2014, those words were said at the meeting of scientists, theologians, economists. Um, um, I think it was in Rome about sustainable humanity, sustainable planet, our responsibility. So this was largely aimed at you know, bringing people from different communities. So I'll read it out loud. Nowadays, man finds himself to be a technical giant and an ethical child. Okay, maybe this relates also to my <laughs> confirmation bias since I'm highlighting this. Given that it resonates with my notion that we're going through puber puberty or on a planetary scale uh, in ethical systems and software engineering system research. Uh, but I think it captures very well the next challenge uh, related to quality assurance. Uh, humans working with quality assurance increasingly rely on AI, introducing again new and poorly understood problems. Um, we know that artificial intelligence is very good at dealing with problems that are incomplete. They're probabilistic by nature. Um, and the power is used in quality assurance to create techniques potentially capable of automating, automating the assurance of very complex systems. So you, you maybe need them. Um, and while the research results are promising, I think we need dedicated efforts to assure that the use of, an, of AI in quality assurance is sufficiently trustworthy. Uh, to be deployed at industrial scale. So they, the techniques must improve transparency, explicability, accountability, um, and to have some type of guaranteed and some type of performance levels. And I know at least one person here in Vesteros, Per Strandberg, that works at least on ethical challenges and how to make ethical AI interesting, more trustworthy. Um, but I'm seeing this, this problem um, and, uh, as a potential larger issue in quality assurance. Um, and together with some colleagues, we even submitted a funding proposal uh, that this would be a first step in this direction. So let's see <laughs> if we're lucky. Okay, finally, uh, the fourth and final challenges, because I did don't want to, I had so many challenges, but I had to pick some I could talk about here. Um, the nature of quality assurance is widely misunderstood, and there is seemingly a widespread ignorance of established quality assurance techniques. For example, and I'll give you the simple example, safety is often confused with reliability. Then you'll have maybe resources that are being spent on improving component reliability, reliability rather than designing safety uh, into the system. Uh, and I, this has been recognized by Mats Heimdall in a study a long time ago. Um, so we should try to provide access to powerful techniques that can help with this, such as formal methods for quality assurance. Um, the combination of informal and formal methods, uh, an issue I believe can, that can be addressed through education and training of our engineering professionals. So I know several people uh, uh, that work on this from MDU, including my friend and colleague, Cristina Cicerano. So I'm sure the challenge is in good hands, but we still have a long, a long way. Yeah, in the end, I would like to show a brief overview of my vision of, well, some aspects of quality assurance that can tackle some of the, these issues. Um, I think it's important to complement quality assurance methods, tools with human intelligence, with, and that will increase the interactive exploitation of different techniques. 
with humans back in control and supervision on how to steer the power of quality assurance, um, that will actually work. So I think we should think more about supporting a human-centered, human-in-the-loop approach uh, or to technology development that can rely on this simple but um, yet powerful techniques which can be brought by fusions of different disciplines. For example, you have user interactivity and supervision that's from a whole area of research. And then we have quality assurance on the other side, but we don't talk to each other too much, not always. So we need to promote collaboration between different uh, fields. Security, software architecture, theoretical computer science, human aspects of software engineering, um, software, edu software engineering education. I think that will help in different areas of testing, requirements engineering, static analysis, formal verification. So this is how I want to end my lecture today, by, I would say, commending all of you and asking you also to think about quality, quality assurance, uh, and the unique challenges you have experienced in your practice. Uh, so before I, want, I, I finish, I would like to share some of my favorite tips and tricks for good quality assurance practice uh, that I found in a quality assurance toolkit. This is generic, it doesn't work only for software. Starts from passion. So if you focus your, your quality system around the thing that you're most passionate about and you feel good about, then everything else will come. Everything else can grow around it. Take baby steps. Those who adopt too many quality assurance techniques, practices, and they do it too fast, risk burning out. So small steps, better than big steps. Customize for your context. That's important. There is nothing wrong with using standards, standard operating procedures. You found it in a standard. But these documents need to be adapted. And I think in many cases, people do. But they should be adapted to individual teams also. Um, don't get too familiar with the routine. Standard. That's my advice. Um, and trust your engineers. I don't need to actually go into more details here because everyone is an engineer to some extent, scientist and engineer. Uh, and also frame quality assurance as a hunt for bugs and also for uncontrolled variables. So it's a hunt for information that could identify variables that affect the system to be developed in a, in a bad way. Um, yeah. So, okay. I, so I appreciate you being here and the good work uh, that you're doing uh, in your field of research or in a company. Um, we're all doing it. So to build things better and better for everyone.